You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. What if you met your soulmate on the worst day of your life? From two-time Grammy Award-winning director Melina Matsukas and written by Emmy Award winner Lena Waithe comes the unflinching new drama, Queen and Slim. While on a forgettable first date together, a black man and a black woman are pulled over for a minor traffic infraction. The situation escalates with sudden and tragic results when the man kills the police officer in self-defense. Terrified and in fear of their lives, the man and woman are forced to go on the run. But the incident is captured on video and goes viral, and the couple unwittingly become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for people across the country. As they drive, these two unlikely fugitives will discover themselves and each other in the most dire and desperate of circumstances, and will forge a deep and powerful love that will reveal their shared humanity and shape the rest of their lives. Starring Academy Award nominee Daniel Kaluuya and rising star Jody Turner-Smith, Queen and Slim is only in theaters November 27th. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello. Hello. And today we'll be discussing episode eight of Power titled Deal with the Devil. And there were some deals that were done. And for once- A lot of deals. A lot of deals. And for once, Tommy and Ghost weren't the devils. <laughs> they weren't the bad guys this right? episode. They were actually the victims of this episode. Um, so I'm not going to get into it too much because that's going to be safe for the very end. But a certain... <laughs> Not very much liked individual. I don't even know if that's good grammar. I don't even know if that's grammar. But a certain someone that I'm not a fan of no longer is with us. And so... Just, and this person now has a half a point from you. This is what I'm hearing now. No. So she's out of... Oh, okay. All right. Well, continuing. I feel bad for the people around this person's death. Okay. But okay. I don't necessarily feel bad for her death because as I've been saying this entire podcast series, she was never built for this. So I can't really say I feel bad, but we will get into that at the end of this oh, episode. Oh my, oh boy. Hang tight for that. Right. But so tell me, uh, what were your thoughts on this episode? I, this was not my favorite episode. I won't say it's like my least favorite episode because like we still have the two more before they take a little break. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't like what this episode like represented. Like some of the themes in this episode, I didn't like. Okay. So Do you want to elaborate what, on that at all? Or uh, well, okay. 
I ain't know if I should wait till like the end till we actually go through like the different the different sections and stuff. Um, but the idea that um, the basically the idea that she doesn't want any there's like no good people left. Like she's about no. killing. She's about killing off the good people in the show, and I don't like. I don't necessarily like that message. I feel Who like she? you need to have. Oh, I'm sorry, Courtney Kemp. Okay, when listening to her, like some of her, um, uh, you know, behind the scenes interviews and stuff, and I don't mm-hmm. know if I necessarily agree with that. I feel like when you, in my opinion, when you watch a show, you need at least like, yeah, some, you know, like one person, like somebody that you kind of, I don't know. I guess like maybe the right word is hanging hopes on, but somebody that's that little light in the show that's kind of got mm-hmm. that you know is not going to step too far out of bounds but i feel like now everybody everybody has to have a body count which i don't think is necessarily has a play out like that right. i don't think everybody should have to go down that route so that kind of bothered me a lot like usually i'm okay like i'm like okay we lost you know we lost proctor we lost you know you get the bg you lose people like that and it's kind of mm-hmm. like in between where you like okay it's sad but you see where it's coming from. Now I kind of feel like it's at a point where it's just, well, let me just keep killing off the the good people or let me just make sure everybody has a body count. And I don't think you necessarily have to take a season out like or their last season out like that for all the characters. Well, it's akin to kind of how Game of Thrones was moving on their last season. You know, people started dying left and right. So I think from a writer's perspective, um, I think they do this, in some part for shock value, right? Like you have to end your seasons on a bang. So they start killing off dispensable characters um, to try to, I guess, up the ante. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, And I definitely agree that there are no good people on the show anymore. And at least with Game of Thrones, we still had Sam, you know, we still had Bran. We still had people. Everybody was completely corrupt. Yeah. Right. They they were flawed, but they weren't corrupted. Right. On this show, nearly every character has gone from being flawed to completely corrupted. Right. So right. I I agree there really isn't anyone that I'm rooting for at this point. Yeah, like she literally, yeah, when this episode happened, I was literally like, who do I root for? Because I just can't like I it's like you don't see a positive and maybe you're not supposed to, maybe I just mm-hmm. have to get my head around that for this type of show. Because usually the shows that I, that really, you know, that really draw me in, there is somebody, like you said, with the Game of Thrones, there's like the Sams, there's somebody in that, that pulls you in where you still have that little bit of hope that you're like, oh, I can see the redeeming quality in this person on the other side of this. Right. But everybody here, you can't see that. Yeah. And I always said like the mark of a good villain was someone that had some humanity, someone that had some good deep, deep down. That's the mark of a good villain to me. Um, Someone that's just like a caricature of evil isn't necessarily a good villain unless you're like almost all the way with it. Like Joffrey, like we're going back to Game of Thrones, but Joffrey didn't have any redeeming qualities, but you understood the way he was because of his upbringing, right? And the fact that he was a product of of incest. Um, Ramsey, once again, totally unredeemable character, but you understood Mm. that he was the way he was because he was a bastard trying to prove himself. So it's like, 
what exactly do these characters have that shapes them to becoming who they are? Because at this point, they're with the exception of Tommy, almost everyone is trying to get out the game, right? So now right. we have Tasha selling drugs. We have Tariq go all the way left. And it, his kind of rise to evil dumb or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It kind of came out of left field. Right. And I mean, ghost is ghost. He'll always be like, that and I do feel like at this point he's more of a round character rounded out character because before we said he was coming off one note now we're starting to see like ghosts come out but like who's yeah. left and Tommy is just this is actually the one episode where Tommy was humanized like yeah I will say that that was a good turn for him yeah because I was kind of I was kind of seeing like that I was kind of seeing that like almost animal kingdom kind of notion to him where he's just like as soon dog. as somebody does right as soon as somebody does like one thing he's like all right I'm out I'm out I don't trust you time for me to figure out some way to get rid of you you know kill you whatever keep rising up his body count so I did like that that was a nice twist for Tommy to kind of do something different Right. It humanized him because, as I said earlier, he was becoming a caricature. He was becoming like that evil yeah. caricature. You know, when he lit up Pro- uh, Proctor, when he started doing those other things, just popping off anyone that popped about the mouth, his he was starting to become less human and just a monster. So I do think they did a good job this episode in humanizing him and yeah, kind of did, yeah. bringing him back to like his original self where he was a bad guy, but he still kind of had a heart. Like now mm-hmm. we see his heart was broken um, at the end of this episode. And you would think someone like Tommy didn't have a heart. He'd be cold, but you definitely see him s- not soften up, but you see his human side. So I'll give it to them on that episode. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I I, I kind of skipped over that, but yeah, I like. I do like that. Now that you're going back to that, it's definitely that. I'm give a. I'm gonna give them like a almost a check on that one. A half a point as for like the episode. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do a half a point. Yeah, I'm gonna do a half a point for that for this episode for that one. All right, cool. So let's let's get into it. So this power bite I am titling, and I actually stole this line from Tamika, uh, "White Boys Legal Club." <laughs> And <laughs> we are definitely talking about one person and one person only, and that is Cooper Sacks. Um, so Cooper <laughs> that guy. So um earlier in basically the first scene of the episode, we see Dre confronting Sax about taking off his ankle monitor. And Sax just blows him off. He's just like, man, get out of my face. And Dre is like, F you, man. And then Sax is like, <laughs> maybe later. So <laughs> that guy was pretty bold of Dre. Like, you know, not like he wouldn't do something like that, but I thought mm-hmm. it was very bold for him to like seek out his house. Like, you need to get this off me now. Like, and he was like in his face aggressive too. It wasn't like no little like, okay, well, how can we speed this process up so I can get this off? He was like, if you weren't, if I didn't know that you had this location on me, I would probably stab you right now and then try to run. Right. I can't like kill you because you're still yeah. a Because at this point, um, Sax is suspended. He's not fired. So he's still technically a fed. Um, right. And so because of this, Dre calls Ghost. And he's like, hey, I need your help. And Ghost is like, uh-uh, why are you calling me for? You stood me up when, when, you know, when we were supposed to meet with Jason. And so Dre confesses and says, well, Sax put an ankle bracelet on me. I didn't want to show up there because if I did, then the feds would know where Jason was. So Ghost, uh, he's getting kind of cold now. And he was like... (laughs) Look, I can't help you. As long as you chipped up like a little dog, you and I are done. He hangs up on Dre. And you're just like, ooh, 
Okay. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. All right, Ghost. Mm-hmm. He's trying to take his like little baby steps to being clean, I guess. Absolutely. So he ain't playing. So later in the episode, Sax goes to meet up with Tamika, who, by the way, has been upgraded. Like, right. Not, I love her look in this. I don't understand why they waited this long to make her look nice because Tamika had like this old lady wig on for the first season seasons that she was on the show and she always wore black and she just always looked like drab. Now sister moved to the private sector. She's wearing an all white tailored suit. She rocking (laughs) the Michelle Obama look with her 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 wig laid and her highlights. I was like, okay, then she was into the dance like she had that she had a little Olivia Pope vibe going right you know like she for the people she about to get it started you know i said okay sis but where was this look <laughs> this whole time so you work for the fed <laughs> for her angelica you know they had to give her that like downtrodden tragic look when I, she before i guess you, like had his foot on her back and now she like rising up you know it's nothing it's a new improved i just wish they would give tasha a better wig then like i'm sick of Ooh, seeing this same a good point oh yeah i didn't ever think about that like i've been looking at tasha's light brown wig for eight seasons now and like notori is beautiful she's a beautiful right. woman but outside of the show she looks great like her she wears her hair dark that's the look Tasha needs to yeah, go for. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Man, you make a good point. See, now I'll be looking at it. Now I'll be like, next Father's me. That wig, I've never liked that wig. And it's light brown. It doesn't like go with her skin tone. And Yeah, that's a good point. Her yeah. edges are mm. gone. And I just hate to talk about Tasha like this, but I'm sorry. That yeah. wig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get to the edges, that's when you get in trouble right there. Mm. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest and I hate coming for Tasha because that's my girl. I mean, sometimes you got to go in though. You know, sometimes you got to go in. But we, we don't see. Hopefully, I mean, we need her to step it up. I don't know though because she kind of going through some things. So maybe they got to make, maybe they got to take her through the same Tamika transformation. They not. They going to keep her in that ratty wig <laughs> until the very end. <laughs> But it is oh, what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so, audience. I'm so we, sorry. Oh, every episode, we getting ready to have a uh, Tasha wig intervention. Oh my god! I just want. <laughs> I just whatever whoever styles her in real life, please style Tasha. And actually, I'm going off on a on a rant here. But they, someone, I don't know who, but someone had mentioned that the Tasha d- dresses the way she does because that's how Ghost wanted her to dress. Like he Ooh, dressed her yeah, up, okay. you know, because Tasha's from the streets, right? Mm-hmm. So she never quite fit in. So this is this is her way of fitting in, but she never quite has it right because she's not about that Oh, yeah, that's that true, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I kind of wish now that she's separating herself from Ghost that she would kind of develop a style of her own instead of still trying to have this drug lord's wife look. Um, but that's that's another story altogether. Yeah. But I got that off my chest, but Tamika to, to looked good. You look good, girl. You look good. Yeah, just help Tasha out. We'll, we'll get. We'll help Tasha out. With <laughs> Refer you. her to your stylist. Um, <laughs> but Sax is basically at Tamika's office. He's asking her for help, and she basically tells him, like, honestly, the only way you can get out of this is if you prove that Tommy killed Proctor, like, or whatever mm-hmm. thing, whatever you have against ghosts, you have to prove that. There's nothing that I can do for you. The only thing that I can do for you is make sure that you go to a nice federal facility. 
okay? <laughs> like, just, <laughs> there's really, like, Sax kind of put himself in this hole he has to dig himself yeah. out now. Um, so I can't say I disagree with her on that one. Uh, so once again, Sax digging holes, he shows up at Tariq's new school. He's trying to question him uh, about his whereabouts, about how convenient it was that he wasn't in the apartment when Proctor was killed. And Tariq is just like, I'm sorry, but why are you in, you know, why are you interrogate, interrogating me without my parents present? This is illegal AF. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, he really went on a whole school tour just to find Tariq. I was like, Sex, you're going to have to calm all the way down. Like, he he was going all over the place. Oh, yeah, he was all over the, he was all over the, the state of New York during this episode. Like, he was yeah. really trying to get his, his story lined up. Um, so not only does he pop up on Tariq, he pops up on Blanca. And turns out Blanca got a little cute wifey at home. Right. <laughs> he goes to sister. I was like, really, Sax? Come on now. All right. Much to Sax's delight, Blanca, he, I mean, he kind of already had like this flirty thing going with her. It was very one-sided. It was more like <laughs> Sax flirting with Blanca and right. Blanca like, right. ew. Um, but now right. he's typical gross man is mm-hmm. intrigued by the fact that Blanca is also married to a woman. So he's like more than happy to be involved in that. Um, and so, <laughs> so he pops up on Blanca and Blanca's like, what do you want? And he kind of talks her into letting him, you know, come in for dinner. Um, well, he kind of invites himself, to be honest. Yeah, um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and, Very sex fashion. Yeah, true sex fashion. Um, so that was someone that he popped in on. He also popped in on, we'll get in more on on the Blanca and, and Jessenia and Tariq and Sax Exchange. But he also popped up on Keisha in Upstate because Keisha moved into a new house. Um and he questions her about Tariq's alibi and Ray Ray's case. So these these all these pop-ups are all connected. Um and she mentions Tariq. Uh po- or no, I'm sorry, I'm getting my alibis and my stories mixed up. So when Sax pops up at Keisha's, he threatens her about Tommy. He threatens her about the fact that their house was purchased with drug money, that it can be all taken away and basically watch her back. So then when he goes to visit Blanca, he tells her about the fact that Keisha is now living in this home that Tommy purchased for her. And it turns out that Keisha was the main witness in the case against Ray Ray. Um, so Blanca, oh yeah, yeah, I totally forgot yeah, that part. So we're yeah. gonna try to add all these pictures together. So um, Blanca, for whatever reason, was suspicious. She still looked into it, even though the case was closed, and she discovers that Tariq was posing as Kanan's son to pick up his ashes. So they're all like, "Well, supposedly Kanan was the one that killed Ray Ray. So what is Tariq doing picking up Kanan's ashes and posing as his son when his real son Sean Stark was killed years ago? So this is all starting to connect. So they have to pressure Keisha at this point because she's kind of like the piece of the puzzle, like the key, the key witness to all of this. Because at this point they deduce that she was lying. Like something's not right. right. And she's the weakest link. So they need to pressure her. Um, so she basically tells Sax that she will work with him, but he has to give her something. And he agrees and writes off Dre's serial number for his ankle bracelet. So she approaches Dre, who's with his daughter, doing dad stuff. 
Uh, and she tells him about everything that's happened. And she tells him that she wants answers. Like she knows Tariq is involved. In, well, she actually didn't know Tariq was involved. She knows there's something amiss about Ray Ray's death. Yeah. And Dre tells her like, well, the witness that you claim said that Cannon was in D.C. is a liar. And she's like, oh, really? Well, riddle me that. Well, why is that? And he ends up telling her, look, look, you get this ankle bracelet off me. You promised me that Stax will be punished. I'll give you everything you want. And then he ends up snitching. He's like, Tariq did it. Tariq did it. Mm-mm-mm. So you're just sitting there like, this ain't looking good. Right. Because he didn't give Tariq some of his product. It's, it's, I mean, they're all this entire show. Every The entire cast is connected and looped it together in some crime or another. And I'm kind of over it. It's too many. Yeah. And they have like so many lies. I need a list. I need like, a list. I can't remember who is telling what lie. I'm like, I don't know how to keep all this straight. I, I don't know. It's exactly. a lie. And even though this is later on in the episode, it's still connected to the fact that Sax is a jerk and he deserves to get whatever he gets. But Sax right. pulling up on everybody really pisses off Tommy and Ghost. And they show up at his apartment. And I actually love the scene. They rough him up. Like, they slam yeah, him. That was, <laughs> they was finally, like, it's just, these little, it's like these little, like, moments where they're working together. Mm-hmm. Like, the most hilarious. And it's just like, because you wouldn't think they'd be talking to each other at all, unless they absolutely had to. But they can come together like this. Yeah. And one is basically, like, bad cop, good cop. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me personally, I put really high expectations on myself and that can get really stressful. And many times it's kind of hard to talk to friends and family members about those things. And I need to speak to a professional. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash BGN. That's Better H-E-L-P and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health. For Black Girl Nerds listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash BGN. That's better com forward slash BGN and get 10% off your first month. Exactly. Or bad cop, worse cop. Um, Cause they're both. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. True statements. <laughs> or have you ever seen, um, what is that movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? The other guys. Oh, what is that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like they go bad cop, bad cop, and Will Ferrell loses it. Like that's <laughs> yeah, basically. that's that's Tommy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, ah, Tommy was losing it. I was like, okay, definitely. So they they basically tie him down. 
put a bag over his head. I mean, at one point they slammed him against the wall and put a gun in his mouth. And then yep. they put a bag over his head and they're about to suffocate him to death. But Ghost decides, like, ah, he's kind of valuable. He might be able to give us some information, especially on the Tariq situation. So let's let's just keep him alive. And Tommy's like, what the F, Ghost? <laughs> it's just like, no, Tommy, come on, man. We know. We we he knows everything. Let's just let's just keep him alive. And he ends up cutting Sax loose and he tells him, like, give me everything you know about Tariq and you'll be good. If I find out otherwise, you're dead. And trust me, if you tell anyone about what happened about what happened today, they're not gonna believe you anyway. Have a good night. Which is true. Which I mean, I don't know how true. he knew it, but it was very, very true. But it's part of the reason why when Sax tried to bait ghosts um, and saying that, like, why are you working with the man that killed the love of your life? Um, and Tommy was like, yeah, I did it. And, like, <laughs> what's confessing to Sax isn't going to do anything because no one right, is going to right. believe that Tommy and ghosts are working together again. And they broke into Sax, a Fed's apartment, because usually Feds are off limits, right? To right. attack him. Like, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's too good for TV, basically. Like, it's too crazy. Yeah, he is the... My favorite part is watching the parallel between how Blanca is nailing it right now and Sax is just digging this, like, never in the hole he's never gonna get out of. Yeah, well, Blanca is all about protocol, and Sax is not about protocol. So. Yeah, and it's just so funny to me. It's like, I just love how she's just going by, picking up the crumbs, putting them together, right? Because like mm-hmm. you said, she's following, she's going by the book. And he's been struggling, like, this whole time. Half his team is gone, or maybe all the team. I'm, I'm sorry. Gone or dead. Gone Yeah, gone or dead. And he's still, like, on the same goose chase, trying to go. And she's just, like, boom, connecting the dots, getting people to sign stuff. I'm like, what is happening? Blanca is winning some points. She's yeah, she's, she's getting all the points from sex. That's all I gotta yeah, say. She's definitely ethical, and she definitely takes her, even though some of her tactics might be a little bit outside of bounds. They're still technically within the books. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's yeah, really not yeah. breaking any laws. She's bending them. Uh, yeah, that's sex, talent. That takes talent right there. That's talent. Sex, on the other hand, is just breaking laws. He's just breaking. oh yeah. He's a criminal. <laughs> He's a criminal. There's no other way to explain it. And getting jacked up by other criminals, so I don't really know how he's winning. Yes. So, um, but he ends up losing because he actually ends up getting brought in to the U.S. Attorney's office. Um, mm. because Dre is cooperating with Blanca, he's now able to file a formal complaint to get sacked for all the stuff that he was doing illegally to try to keep him down. Um, so he's now fired from his job. He's been let go, and he tries to tell Warner like, but, but. But Tommy Egan confessed. And Warner's like, what? Tommy Egan confessed to killing Angela Valdez? <laughs> I don't think so. And he's like, no, seriously. They, Tommy and 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 and, and James St. Patrick's, they, they popped into my apartment. They held me down. They beat me. They pistol whipped me. And Warner's just like, yeah, okay. If you, <laughs> if, if Ghost and Tommy are the, the men that you portray them to be there is no way they would have let you go alive nice try sex like that's basically what he's saying and it's so funny yeah. <laughs> it's just like it is it is hilarious because that's the same thing he's been saying sex has been saying that forever and the fact that he needs him to believe him now that these guys let him go was just like i was like well he is just he is the worst and and it's like no no getting out of his hole for him yeah i mean quit while you're ahead bro just 
Yeah, but he's not, which is so hilarious to me. It's just like, how many times does it have to happen for you to be like, okay, I'm done. Like, enough is enough. Because at this point, he has nothing to lose, right? He, he's lost well, that's his job. True. That's true, yeah. At this yeah. point, there's nowhere but up. Um, But some yeah. some people are just stubborn like that. I mean, Blanca is also just as stubborn, but at least she's going about things in the right way. And I just hope that her working with Sax doesn't get to her because I would hate, even though I, at one point I couldn't stand Blanca, like I'm starting to yeah. see she really, she's, I, I would say, now we're talking about people who are good and bad characters. I would say Blanca is a good person and that is true yeah, yeah that is true yeah because she really does want to find like what really happened she's not just trying to be like okay well we got this one you know i can't stand tommy for this from this right. time to this time so let me really try to pin everything on him right so her motive is justice and finding the truth whereas sex has a personal vendetta at this point against uh ghost and tommy and he's gonna do whatever he needs to do to nail them uh, that's yeah. what difference between the two of them. So I will say Blanca is one of the good ones, despite the fact that her voice annoys me, and sometimes <laughs> she does too much. Um, but yeah. I can say that Blanca isn't as bad as I thought she initially was. Like she even yeah. like if things don't add up, she's not going to push it. Like she's going to be like that doesn't add up. That's unethical. I'm not doing it. So for that, I appreciate Blanca. Yep, and Sax, you just feel real dumb every time he watch her walk into a room with some more clues. Cause I know I feel like he gonna low key be stalking her now because he don't have nothing else to do. He is just he's worse than Blue's Clues. Like that man don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Who child? So this next power bite I titled School Days. Um, so Tariq Ooh. is bored. Yep, Tariq is bored in class. I mean, he already said that. Callister prep was nothing compared to Chode. So he's bored. Um, he's in the back of the class, not really paying attention. And um, his his teacher, Mr. Radner, who actually happens to be Kevin Seegers of Airbud, of Airbud fame. I love that guy. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I did not notice that. Yeah, okay, cool. That's my guy. A little Airbud tie. That's my guy. Um, and so uh, the teacher calls him out and was like, hey, Tariq, do you know the answer? And I forgot what they were talking about. Something having to do with politics or power. And Tariq knows a lot about power. So he ends All right, up, He was ready for that one. Yeah, so he answers the question with ease. The teacher is impressed. Radner's impressed. So when class is dismissed, he asks Tariq to hang back. And it turns out Radner's been doing a little digging. He knows Tariq was kicked out of Chode for dealing drugs. So he asks him, like, do you have anything? And this makes me as a viewer raise my eyebrow. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Like, what does this guy want? He ends up checking Tariq's bag and there's no paraphernalia. So he's just like, okay, clearly you are trying to turn over a new leaf. My bad. <laughs> Have a great day. Right. And I'm like, so you had to check his book bag because that's the part that got me. Before I figured out like other stuff about mm-hmm. him, I was like, so why'd you have to? So you literally took his whole backpack and was like, oh, well, let me check this out. Like, you know, not like he was doing anything suspicious at the time. I know he has a pass, mm-hmm. but I was just like, really right now? Well, I mean, he, he was he was very suggestive of the fact that Tariq should probably sell drugs at Callister <laughs> and, and right. he, would, he would make a lot of good money and so I just thought that was funny I'm like what is this professor or teacher up to so Tariq ends up going to his mother 
Um, and he mentions the teacher, but he also mentions what happened with sex. And she's impressed. She's like, good job, son, using the law against him, you know, outmaneuvering uh, sex by telling him, like, you can't question me without my parents present, which made him back off. Um, and she ends up, I mean, as they're having this conversation, they're at, they're at the daycare and she's pulling out money. And she's like, let me teach you the game, son. So she tells him, like, okay, here's a brick. It's worth 100000 Right, you'll get a hundred thousand out of it. Twig's like, "Whoa, that's a lot of money." And she's like, eh, 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 "Not so fast, <laughs> economics." Um, she's like, "You know, some of this money has to go back to get the same product. You know, you got you want quality, so that's that's a good chunk of the money. Uh, then you got to pay your connects, then you got to pay your primeras. You know, you got to pay this, you got to pay that. Everyone has to be happy." They got to eat too. So, and the end, they kind of break even. So she's like, so in order for us to actually make money, we have to cut this brick. And Tariq is like, well, do you know how to cut a brick? Is And she was like, who do you think taught ghosts? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> who do you think? I know this game. And so she gives him a log and she basically puts Tariq on the books. Tariq is going to sell these drugs and she's going to basically disguise the money that's coming in from this drugs by having him work after school, quotation marks, after school at her daycare. Um, so they're legitimizing essentially his drug trade by using the daycare books. And I'm just like, Tasha, like... Yeah. You- the only, the only, amongst all the horrible things that's happening right now mm-hmm. in this scene... Uh, at least I will say at least he's talking to her and not lying for once well, like at least there's like an open dialogue with somebody because he lies like 24-7 right I mean and she did say one of her rules as far as teaching him the game was to not lie to her but it like I've been, I'm, I've said this before but it's akin to a parent letting their kid do whatever they want and saying like oh you can yeah. drink in a house as long as you drink with me or let's smoke but as long as you smoke with me like it doesn't make it right so you're just kind of sitting there like does this woman have like any any type of moral code she's literally teaching her son how to deal drugs and hide the money and she's doing it through her daycare like what what is happening yeah she, yeah Mm. it's just not a good i mean when she was already gone she already doesn't really care about the true definition of what a daycare is supposed to be about the fact that she's working with i don't know i forgot the dude that rolled up on her while she was walking down the street uh that she was selling product for whatever yeah like i feel like she was already over it then because i was i was kind of thinking about it at that point i was like okay so you're gonna be doing all this around these kids like is there like a boundary thing where People are not gonna figure out this what you do in a daycare, you know, like say they like sit sitting standing outside or something. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. But yeah, I already she was already past that point for me at that step. The fact that she was like, I'm gonna work with you. When she know well, you know, when she has all these kind of other powerful, you know, gangsters, drug dealers behind her where she don't really have to work for this guy. Yeah, and I mean when I think about Tasha as a character to her entire arc, she once again, she was never a good person. Tasha wasn't, I can't think of a, a time when she was a good person. I mean, outside of being a mother and being there for her three kids, what was a redeeming quality about Tasha? This uh, is why I don't like these episodes. Cause you start, you start at one point. Cause you're right now that you pointed out. I mean, you're right. 
Well, you go back and think about it, but it's like the way it's painted to you at first. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem, you know, she seems like, okay, somebody that was pulled into this life that probably didn't want to be there to begin with, but she's learned how to make it work for her. Her husband (laughs) cheated on her, you know? Nope. This seems like Tasha helped, you know, teach Ghost the game. I mean, uh, he was already a drug dealer, but she kind of helped him with the accounting side of things. She was always up on game. Um, I don't know if the other reveal what happens between her and Kanan, but she clearly has a past for Kanan she's well I thought too that she wasn't she trying to go to like wasn't she trying to get like some kind of degree or something in accounting when she met him I think so I thought it was some like little backstory where she was doing something else before she met him you know not excusing it but you know I guess you meet the guy or whatever you know, but I I don't know, like, if that's but she, her just like, oh, I want this thug life. I well, don't know. Well, she traded in that lifestyle. Like, she traded in all of this for this lavish lifestyle. Because remember, in the beginning of this of this series, when Ghost was really trying to go legit and get out the game, Tasha was saying, no, I don't want you to do it. We're going to lose everything we have. I like my dresses. I like my my penthouse. I don't want, I like my bags. I don't want you to, to go legit. You're not going to make enough money being a legit businessman. So... You know, for people to be like, oh, Team Tasha, like, honestly, Tasha's almost as bad as Ghost, in my opinion. Just, I, I don't even, I, I think to, and the yeah. fact that she's corrupting her son, Ghost wouldn't even do that. Despite all the crazy stuff Ghost has done, I don't think he would, he would go that route. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, for me, for on my, on my side, this episode, for me, changed, changed my view of right. her. This episode. But before then, I was able to be like, I was able to be Team Tasha more than I was able to be on other teams. I'll just put it like that. Right. You know, not like she was like the ace, like she needed to be put up on a pedestal or something. Right. But, you know, she was the one I could kind of ride with more than like having to choose between like Tommy and Ghost. Right. And I think it's because so, we all felt bad for her because of what happened between her and Ghost. Now he left her for another woman and now she kind of got the uh the crappy end of the stick so like yeah i sympathize with tasha and what she's gone through but if you really think about it tasha chose this life and even when ghost tried to get out she begged him to stay in it so you know what i'm saying so it's like you're kind of starting to put pieces together and realize like tasha ain't the great person that we had originally had her up to be like this good mom like she's really not she's kind of just as selfish as ghosts in, in my honest opinion uh she might be a little bit more focused on her children but she's really they're kind of a match made in heaven her and ghosts they just at this time don't get along you know so know i i guess i don't know i kind of feel like there were certain things there were certain like subtle things i don't know i feel in my head still tasha and go seem like they kind of seem like the same people a little bit but i feel like tasha's more of a realist than ghost and i feel like there's still there's still like some kind of some differences to me in the way they act oh yeah uh, but i mean i can see what you mean about like you know how you know being that gangster life to start with because you know in the beginning i think you know the very beginning scenes they were talking about how she like covered up a gun for or like you know hit a gun for him or something when they first got together which is one of the things she kind of pulled her in you know pulled her in more and then she became that girl that was like really a about that life and then she was like okay well now you can't get out don't you try to go legit and get out we're in it now so you said you know you're staying in it like you were saying she didn't want him to get out you know now she's like oh well i need to 
you know, let me let me kind of get out, but not really, because I need to keep my. I want some more money for my daycare. Well, no, she all in. She ain't trying to get her nothing. <laughs> she she wants to pay off Zig. She wants to make some money. She's 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 in the game, and it's not anything that she hasn't done before. We just always assumed that Keisha was on the uh, the money end of things, but she told Tariq that like, no, nah, I cut bricks. I know what I'm doing. So. Yeah, this is gonna be this. All I know is that this son, this mother son relationship is. I I don't know. I'm trying to think of a show where I've seen something like this before, but I'm just very, I'm very curious to see how this is gonna end. Cersei and 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 Joffrey. Cersei was oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, him. she let him do bad things. It was her son. She loved him. He can get away with anything. He has power. And the only time she started to turn against Joffrey is when he started to put her in her place. So let Tariq get a little bit more power and puff up his chest. You don't think he gonna check Tasha? I think he will. Down the line, he will. If she tries to stop him, he will definitely check his mother. So, yeah, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be interesting yeah, when I. Well, that's my opinion on that. Um, but Tariq ends up mentioning that you know his his teacher, Mister Radner, might actually be a good primera to you know to cut that brick. So they end mm. that meeting, but Big Mama walks in. And she sees all that money, <laughs> and she is—I love her. Not interest. happy. She's like, "What the hell are you doing, Tasha?" <laughs> and Tasha's like, "Oh, mom, it's just money from the daycare from the parents." And she's like, "Girl, I'm not dumb. I know how much money that is, and that's not how you make money in the daycare. I know I work in a daycare, or you know, I've ran a daycare." So Keisha's like, "Well, mom, I'm just trying to do what I can." She's like, "No, you're bringing my grandson into this." You need Jesus, both of y'all do. Like the and she's like, well, I'm, oh well, we don't we don't found an answer. That's how we fix three Jesus. Yeah, because she was just like, look, she's like, mom, I'm trying to save him. <laughs> she's like, well, you already lost one child, you're gonna lose another one. She's like, mom, because then Tasha's work mind teaching him the game, keeping him from being killed is the only way to keep him safe. And Big Mama's yeah. like, the only thing gonna keep that boy safe is Jesus. Okay, you too. All right, well, hey, show over. We done figured it out now. <laughs> Both of them just need Jesus. We're well, done. look, you can do all things. So, I mean, but they, they ain't trying to do that. They want to do, they want to live that life. So it's going to, you know, this is going to bite Keisha in the butt. It is going to get Tariq too. So sh- the best thing she can do. Uh, I, I'm just so nervous about them episodes. Oh God. I just know it. It's not going to be it's, good. It's, it's not. Uh, so this next power, power bite, I'm calling mic drop. There's a couple of mic drops in this episode. <laughs> Um, so we see Councilman Tate prep for a debate with Lorette Walsh, um, and he becomes very arrogant with Ramona. He's like talking all this trash, like Ramona had her shot with him and just being his usual obnoxious self. Um, Mm -hmm. and Ramona suggests that Ghost, you know, goes in as his running mate and Tate's like, what? We, how are we going to win the vote? We're two black men. I don't think so. I'll pass. Um, and then he overhears Lorette speaking with Sonny, the moderator, about not having enough diversity in Albany. So this is like the show planting a seed about having a black candidate as a running mate. But we'll get to that later. Um, so Ghost walks backstage and he's, you know, he's he has Eric or Eric, Derek in tow. And together they kind of bait Tate. Uh t- you know, Ghost is like, Well, tell me how you really feel, brother. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, at that point, Derek kind of disappears. You see him hand money 
to the guy in audio. And you know a little bit about this is what you do, right, Ryan? Yeah, you gotta, I'm telling you people, if anybody puts a mic on you, like sometimes we've had like guests try to leave with mics mm-hmm. and stuff. Remember that thing is always, when you put that on your on your shirt, remember it's always hot. <laughs> you, it's a go after that. It's a go because you never know what they doing. Like, you know, if somebody not paying attention, mm-hmm. I guess if you're going to be Derek and slip the mm-hmm. money, somebody, because, you know, once you, once they put it on you, it's ready to go because they don't want to have to deal with it not being gotcha. on. You know, like when you're actually ready for showtime. Right. So I always tell people, like, unless you want people to own your conversations, you better take that off right after you're <laughs> done with your little segment. Okay. Because that stuff is all, that stuff is hot all the time. Like you, you know, like you can have, I'm just telling you, everybody can hear you once you put the mic on. Everybody can hear what you're saying. Okay, well, a word for the wise. Yeah, I'm just telling you, do not. <laughs> right, right. If any, if you get mic'd up for an interview, you better do your little segment, take it off, be like, have a good yeah, day. Well, Ryan knows what she's talking about. She works, you work for Fox, right, as a as an audio engineer. So, yeah, so y'all, but I'm telling you, that mic is always hot. Don't be playing. I'm it's just It's hot now. So, I mean, it was, it was hot. It got turned on. And oh. yeah, I was like, pray for Tate. And please notice when it's on. I really feel like he could have heard the echo I don't think he, a long time before he said all that stuff. I think he was so like arrogant and like telling ghosts off. He didn't even realize, but he basically called Lorette a, a, a B and uh, he, he called her stupid. And that's really not what you want to do if you're a man running against a woman. <laughs> like it just made him look so bad. And uh, so, yeah, his chances of, of going further in this campaign are basically shot at this point because um, he just demeaned a woman. And I'm sure a big chunk of his voting population were women. Uh, so good yeah. job there, Tate. Uh, and, and, and well played. Well played, Ghost. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. That was definitely well played. Yeah, Derek. I got to give Derek some points on that because Tate kind of still, I still can't get over what Tate did to him. So he just, I, I give him some points exactly. on that. Exactly. So Ramona is infuriated. Like she's telling Tate, like, you need to leave the campaign. And I'm not asking you. This is a request from the DNC. You alienated your voters and there's no coming back from this. And she tells him, like, look, James was your only saving grace. If he leaves the campaign and goes for the competition, you're not going to be able to make up those votes. Like, you need to do something. So he basically tells Ramona, like, look, people have come back from worse. Get me ghosts. We'll have a we'll have a photo op. We'll talk it out. We'll smooth things over. It's nothing better than recon- reconciliation between two black men. We'll bridge the gap between the urban and whatever other crap he was spouting. <laughs> um, so Ramona agrees, and then she goes to ghosts and she asks him to smooth things over with Tate. But she also mentions that Lorette wants him to be her running mate. But they have to kind of like sort things out with the DNC to get that approved. But in the meantime, try to smooth things over with Tate. So uh, Ghost agrees to do this. Unfortunately, that's when he gets the call from Tommy about Tate or about sax pulling up on everybody in their family. Um, yeah, like er- literally everybody. everybody. So unfortunately, Ghost doesn't really, doesn't show up for that photo op. He's back, you know, at, at sax loft giving him the business. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so he tells, you know, so when he gets that call from Tommy, he kind of tells him like to chill for a second. And um, before he heads over there, Blanca walks in with her smug little self and she approaches him and tells him about, you know, the fact that Tariq is kind of being looked at, the fact that he was in many ways involved with Proctor's murder, possibly Ray Ray's, like, you know, she's 
try to intimidate him. Ghost is like, lady, if you had something, you know, we would have all been arrested by now. I'm not about to fall for this. Have yourself whatever day you want to have. And he walks away. Well, here's the thing. This is the one time Ghost really wasn't thinking. He leaves a glass behind. Blanca is a detective. Doesn't take a genius to realize that Blanca is taking that sample. <laughs> She's taking that glass. Yeah, It's fair game. He left it behind. She was already there. She doesn't really need a search. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it worked in her favor. Yeah, she, she be thinking. Her mind be yes. working. So she ends up getting that, the glass and the sample tested. Turns out there was a, a drop of blood, which I didn't really get down with this part of the storyline but we'll we'll believe it for the sake of this show yeah yeah i was a little bit yeah i was i was a little they lost me a little bit on that one i guess i see where they were going because at no point did you see Tariq bleed and right i was trying to figure out did i miss something do i need to go back i mean someone put it out there that when he shot ray ray and the gun cocked back it like cut his hand which might have led to that drop of blood but that's so far outside of the realm of possibility it's just at this point you know they got to tighten up on their writing because people are starting to point out the plot holes. But it turns out that that drop of blood that they found at the scene is a match, 50% match to James St. Patrick's, which leads them to believe that it was Tariq. And this actually also puts to bed the rumors and the theories on the show that Tariq is really Kanan's biological son, uh by tasha oh that's true because this basically says like no that's definitely uh ghost's biological son so they kind of killed two birds with one stone with with that tactic um so before she processes this this evidence she actually gives keisha a call and we'll get into kind of what happened between them um but she basically knows that if she can nail Tariq based off the blood sample and get Keisha to cooperate, that this would kind of implicate everybody and everybody's going down. And Warner is like, okay, good Mm -hmm. police work. Just see this through. Um, And because of all, like I said, because of all this, Ghost ended up miss, you know, forgetting about, not forgetting, but he showed up late to, to Tate's photo op. Tate isn't very happy. Uh, and, you know, he said that ghost effed him over. So now he's going to F him over. And he pulled the plug on the QCP project, uh, which I feel like is the the DIY project that never ended. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it, that, is lo- that is the longest project. I'm like, when are they going to be done with this thing? But I mean, and then it kind of feels like a lot of work for it just to be shut down, too. Like, I feel like they've said it so many times that it's like, so we weren't going to have like a, you know, a ribbon cutting, like a whole grand party or something, because we've been hearing about this every Yeah, episode. they definitely have like the, they they broke ground on the QCP, so we had that, but they, they haven't really moved forward much, and so it's just been the project that never ends, and there was actually a meme floating around that's, that was pretty funny. So if anyone's on Facebook, when you update your job, you have like a, like, you know, you have that little um, thing on your bio. So someone put, yeah. started new job at queen's child project today executive director queen's new york and then the description is working with james st patrick to figure out when this project will be completed (laughs) nice i mean nice yeah this is the never yeah if you got a job at qcp i'm feel bad for you because they literally been stringing you along and that are like okay you're done forever (laughs) so uh this next power bite is i'm calling it desperate housewives and 
not Desperate yeah, Housewives. It, it applies to more than one person. It applies to Tasha and it applies to Keisha. And honestly, when these two Desperate Housewives went head to head, didn't end too well. Um, yeah. This would make this would make me sad. I I thought eventually they would come back and be friends. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, so so Keisha is having trouble adjusting to life in the suburbs, um, and she tells Cash like, "Hey, you know, I know in this city you used to walk to school every day, but now I'm going to have to drive you back and forth." And Cash is like, "I'm not a little kid," and she's like, "You're not," and that's the problem. You're a young black man, and unfortunately, when you were in the city, those kids look like you so didn't raise suspicions but now that you're out here in the suburbs people are going to look at you sideways you know i'm going to do my best to keep you safe so i'm going to drive you to school and tommy butts in and he's like yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna drive you too and he gives he gives cash some advice that ends up biting them in the ass he tells cash if you ever get pulled over by the police if they ever detain you do not do anything. You come back and you tell me everything. So you, except for when it's your mom, he, he should have added in that, but he didn't. <laughs> and I mean, Cash isn't a little kid, but he looks up to Tommy. So I think, and he knows Tommy will protect him and his mother. So giving uh-huh. him that advice, while it was very sound, it ended up being tragic. Giving him that advice, um, so. Yeah. Sax, like I said, you know, popped up on Keisha at one point and he tries to threaten and intimidate her. He tells her, like, you know, your house was bought with drug money. And honestly, you could be implicated as an accomplice with Tommy. So the best thing for you to do is to get you and your son out of here. Like, do you really want to be dragged into this? And Tasha's like, man, get off my property. (laughs) So that's fine. She survives that pop up. Her next pop-up, and I swear people have been popping up all up and down this episode. Right. It's crazy. Kate pops up, our favorite mom. And <laughs> she settles <laughs> in. She has her suitcase. She tells Keisha she's get, she wants the room on the other side of the house. She puts her picture on the mantle. I was like, oh, hell no. She better get up out of here. Like, <laughs> no, no. She need that room on the other side of the house. No. Don't be like that, Angelica. She was ready. She came up in there, you know, had her little Tommy bag and everything. her own house. She knew to stay there. And for once, I agree with Keisha. I was like, uh-uh, you better get up out of her house. Who do you think you are? Okay. <laughs> I was like, was she invited no. this time? You know, I was just hoping like one time she was invited. You know, I just hoping she was showing up somewhere for the first time. I don't think Kate has invited. ever been invited. I think she's always just popped up. So, uh, come on, Kate, wait for the invitation. Know, she help herself. So she tries to settle in, and she tells Keisha, like, you really think you're going to last? You know. Do you know what happened to the last girlfriend he had? And Keisha's like, I don't care about all of that. I need you to get out. And she's like, oh, well, you should care because she's probably out, you know, floating in a lake somewhere. And she tells her, like, Tommy kills her with his bare hands. When someone disappoints Tommy, they're dead to him, literally. And Keisha doesn't really get upset about it. She's not really phased. She's just like, okay, good. She didn't deserve him. Anyway, now get the hell up out of my house, Kate. And she's like, takes all her stuff and she kicks her out. She like pulls a Tommy. Like, you know how Tommy's always like rushing his mom out and throwing her suitcase out? She pulls yeah. a Tommy. She learned from her man. I almost feel like low-key she could tell that Kate, or I, or maybe not, maybe that was just a thing for the audience. I feel like I thought she could tell that Kate was like it, like trying to get something oh, out yeah. of her. Like trying to get her to run or something. So she was like, okay, well, I'm gonna flip this back on you and like I yeah, don't care. I think 
Kate might be a jerk, but she, I mean, she said it. She knew that, that Keisha was no good for Tommy because she knew ultimately, no matter what, she would put cash before Tommy. So she doesn't, yeah, she likes true, Keisha, yeah. but she doesn't like her for her son. So she's like, I want you out of here. I don't want you around my son. I want you gone. So she, she thought intimidating her would help telling her about what happened with Holly, which would scare her off. But Keisha is a ride or die. Um, and she's, she's not going anywhere. Despite the fact that she's not built for this life, she loves Tommy. Um, so him murdering his ex-girlfriend, man, nah, she can get past that. <laughs> That's not a deal breaker. <laughs> you know, was Kate in the house like before Holly, like, or was it what maybe it was a day before, before Holly got killed? I don't killed? remember. It's been so long, <laughs> but... I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if there's a common theme between Kate always showing up uninvited and then the girl figures out, like, no, finds a little bit like a truth. And then she's like, oh, well, let me go talk to Tommy mm-hmm. about this. I think this. Kate just pops up on her son. She's a, she's a drug addict. She's unreliable. She's unpredictable. So she just pops up. She just pops up on her son mm. and makes terrible lasagna, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just, I was disappointed in her for that. I was like, man, she could at least make good Something. lasagna. 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 <laughs> <laughs> lasagna. Um, so... No- yeah, so another pop up happens. Poor Keisha, she's just getting popped up on left and right. So Keisha's picking yeah, up she, cash yeah. from school, and it's it's crazy because all this happened in one day. All this happened. Yeah, and this was the most lines cash is yeah. ever had. So all this happened on on Cash's <laughs> first day of school. So she picks up cash from school. Um, she's like asking that he have a good day, and then get pulled over, and lo and behold, it is Blanca. No, no, not Blanca. She's, she's too smooth. smooth with it. So Keisha's just like, whatever the St. Patches did, I ain't got nothing to do with it. And and uh, Blanca's like, get out the car. And your son, too. Keisha's like, wait, what's going on? Who is that? And she's like, oh, just Nassau Child Protective Services. Don't worry about it. And Keisha's like, no, you need to tell me what's going on. I haven't done anything. And Blanca's like, okay, well, you know, you bought this nice big house. Um, it looks like you've been money laundering through your weave shop. And she said, like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, don't play dumb with me. Tommy's LLC is all over your books. The feds are closing in on him. And if they close in on him, they're going to close in on you and you will go down as an accomplice. And what's going to happen to your son? You know, what side of the bars is, is he going to be, is he going to be on? No, what side of the glass is he going to be on? You know, so she kind of uses all these intimidating factors. Mm. Yeah, and the fact that he's already in, like, the cop car or whatever. I, Blanca was, like, smooth with it. That's all I got to say. Like, the way she played this out, I was like, man, there, there was just no choice yeah, she for Keisha. was definitely, um, some people said what she did was illegal. I don't, I, I know cops are allowed to lie and to intimidate to a okay. degree. Um, And so, you know, she didn't do anything illegal, but she definitely... I would say was unethical about it. She used cash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you know, we got to go to you yeah, for our legal advice on it. She used cash as a pawn to persuade Keisha. Um, Cause Keisha, all Keisha had to do was say lawyer. And she did at one point, she's like, I'm not telling you anything. I want a lawyer. And, and, t- and yeah. Blanca's like, okay, well, we'll hold on to cash until you, you can come up with a decision. And I'm sure, you know, he'll go to a nice foster home and hopefully end up back here one day. Um, so anyone that knows anything about law would know all Keisha had to do was let cash go with Child Protective Services because they would have to process him. He wouldn't automatically go to a foster home. 
Okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was wondering. I was like, is all that stuff gonna happen that quickly? Like that's how not, she's laying it, it, it out? It will take a couple days at at at, at minimum twenty four hours before Cash was put anywhere he would be processed Keisha all she had to do was say I want a lawyer she would go downtown the lawyer would throw everything out and say there's no way you're gonna hold her to this they would go pick up cash and it would all be okay but no Keisha wasn't Keisha folded like like a daggone chair she folded like a lawn chair <laughs> when mm. When you put it like that, she definitely did. Well, I was kind of thinking there was should have been another option, but I was like, you know, I don't have I don't have the law background, so I was thinking, well, what is she going? I just knew that I didn't think she was gonna. I just knew she wasn't going to snitch route, which she kind of did. I, but she, I was just surprised about that. I was like, why did she snitch? I, I was surprised. I thought she well, was gonna hold out, but I didn't know what the other option was gonna be. Well, but I she thought didn't she was snitch. She agreed to cooperate. She hadn't actually said anything yet. And Blanca was like, okay, well, thank you for your cooperation. You know, you can have cash back now. We'll be picking you up shortly. And she was talking about uh, witness protection. But here's the thing. She signed those papers to get rid of Blanca, but I don't think Keisha had any intention of actually snitching. The issue is that now it's in writing that she agreed to cooperate against Tommy. So that's why she's scared and she's upset. But had she just held her own and told Blanca, I want a lawyer, she wouldn't have had to sign that paperwork and she wouldn't have been in this mess. But as I've been saying, Keisha's not about this life. So if she had just held on, you know, 10 toes down, she would have been okay. But she's weak. She's, I mean, she's, she, Tasha would have definitely been like, girl, bye, call my lawyer. Not Keisha. Keisha's like, all right, just give me my son back. And then, yeah, it, it is. They did perfect. They did target her perfectly. Yeah. Cause I would say out of all the people they had in their circle to go after, she was going to be the one. Yeah. She was going to be the one they weren't. Cause they're not going to roll over a uh, ghost. No, and, because uh, they're, Tasha. Not snitches. they're not, or snitches. they're not intimidated. They know, they know the law almost as well as lawyers know the law. So they're just going to be like, okay. Yeah. Cause they've been, this <laughs> okay. Try me, try me if you want to, you know what I'm saying? So they know how to outmaneuver. Yeah, other people yeah they've been in, they've been in the game yeah they go every every time they's going they're gonna have more game than keisha mm-hmm. like poor keisha she just didn't have like i don't i don't know i personally felt bad for her i know people are like she don't she need us i don't know why she's trying to say what time and trying to be that ride or die but i feel bad because she was everybody was on her case there was no way mm-hmm. she was getting out of this because she doesn't have enough game you know hustle exactly. and that stuff. i mean and blanca even told her that there that there's a witness and you know so like <sighs> Blanca just just pulled all the right strings t- to get this thing going, uh, so you know you feel bad for Keisha, but you don't because like I'm on the I'm on the side of the uh, of the people that said like well no one told her to get herself into this life she pursued it as well you know yeah yeah there were a lot of people she chose yeah. to go with Tommy she chose to go that route she was just like teach me the game Tommy you know so this is the game uh so unfortunately that's what happened um so she signs the paperwork she's released cash is released everything's good. Um, Cash ends up getting dropped off by Tommy to basketball practice, and of course, Cash is like his mom. He can keep he can't keep his mouth shut, so he tells Tommy, "Like I know you told me not to say anything. I know you told me I didn't. You know I know you told me when the cops pull you to the side that I should go straight to you. So I'm telling you, my mom got pulled over today. I got taken away by this lady. Uh, she talked to to the cop, and then we were let go." Tommy's just like word okay so he leaves he leaves 
Tommy, I feel like Tommy has this way with the with the younger people where they could just it's like truth serum. Mm-hmm. They just want to tell him everything because Cash just look all kinds of like bother in life. Like he couldn't focus on nothing else with the fact that his mom was like, yeah, "Don't definitely. tell anybody." So. <clears throat> Cash tells him what happens and then he ends up going back to the house and leaves Cash at practice and he questions Keisha about her day. And he's like, hey, babe, how was your day? And she's like, oh, it was fine. And he's like, oh, I heard, I heard you got pulled over. And she's like, oh, that was nothing. And he's like, don't lie to me. He like drops the glasses. No. Breaking glasses. I know, that, that was, was a good, good glasses. glasses. But he broke them. And he tells her like, Mm-mm-mm. you are lying to me why don't you tell me the truth? And you know, <laughs> you can't really lie to Tommy. Like, he kind of goes haywire. <laughs> um, and she bends the truth to a degree. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't lie to me. Child Protective Services does not show up unless they have something on you. Unless you gave them something. So what did you give them? And Keisha kind of deflects. Mm. She, 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 she did the matrix on this one. She was just like, Tommy, I didn't tell them nothing. And I didn't tell you anything because I was afraid you was going to kill me like you did, Holly. And then. Now you got to admit, though, that was a good way that she finagled it. You got to admit. That was, that was good. Yeah, that was quick thinking. And that was so quick thinking. Tommy right was there. like, How long have you known? And Keisha's like, Since yesterday can't try to run me out can i just point out the fact that i like how you do her cry voice right she now. Like, she a cry baby so um you know <laughs> so sabi turns around and he's just like but you still stayed even though you knew and she's like tommy i told you i'm yours i'm, I'm here to the end i'm ride or die <laughs> So then Tommy's just like, oh, Keisha, baby. <laughs> and then she's like, but Tommy, they told me that you bought this house and put my name on it. You just going to just like take off and leave me with the bag? And then Tommy's just like, Keisha, <laughs> this house is paid off. I did it for you so that if anything happened to me, you and Cash would be good. He's like, I got you, baby. Nothing's ever going to happen to you. I was trying to figure out if this is true because I was like, dang, she has yeah. so many options. I was trying to figure yeah. out if he was just saying that or if this is really true. That. I absolutely believe he paid off the house. Oh, so when God. he hugs her, <sighs> pour it out, you know, pour it out so when he teacher. hugs her, and you can see in her eyes she effed up because she, one of the reasons why she folded, not only was it because of cash, but because Blanca had mentioned yeah. the, the, the mortgage in the house and how, you know, so... Had she known this house was paid off, she probably wouldn't have folded as easily because at that point she would have known that yeah, Tommy really yeah. had her back. Um, and I was just like, man, Keish, you don't listen, girl. <sighs> so <laughs> at this point, everyone is frantic. Um, excuse me. Ghost discovers that that Keisha was com- was pulled over by the police so he's frantically calling mm. Tasha and he's like you need to go handle that she won't talk to me the feds are closing in on her they know Tariq picked up Kenan's ashes everything's starting to come together it's changing the whole narrative of the Ray Ray murder so you need to go talk to, Ke- to Keisha because she's the only one that is able to like put this to rest because she was the witness that said that they are they were at the penthouse during uh, Ray Ray's uh, murder so the fact that now mm. she's turned state's witness, yeah, that's not a good look. Um, so Tasha's like, all right, that's fine. I'll take care of it. So 
She gets another pop-up, this girl, this poor girl. Keisha gets another pop-up. As she's trying to pack, as she's trying to get ready to go, you know, Blanca calls her and she's just like, hey, we're on our way to pick you up. And and Keisha's like, no, it's okay, I'll meet you there. And Blanca's like, you do know that if you do not show up, that you lose all immunity. And, and you know, Keisha's like, okay, it's, it's fine, I'll, I'll be there, I'll be there. So she's trying to get ready practically. And in the meantime, um... Tommy is so elated. He's so happy. You know, in his mind, Keisha is his forever. You know, she passed every test. She doesn't care that he killed his ex-girlfriend. You know, it's all good in his eyes. Like, she's the one. So he takes cash to the mall. They end up looking at rings. He's going to propose. Like, this sealed the deal. Keisha is his girl now and forever. And it goes back, shameless plug, but it goes back to my interview with Joseph Sakura. Um, and that's on Black Girl Nerds when he had mentioned <laughs> how Holly was the girl that he always wanted and he could never have. She was like too, too elite. You know, she was that rich, not a rich white girl, but you know, that upper crust white girl that would never look at him, never bat an eye at him. The only reason why he was connected to her is because his affiliation would go through the club. So that's when she was like, oh, he got money. Mm-hmm. But Ta- but Keisha and Tasha to a degree are were the around the way girls, you know, were the girls from the neighborhood that he was comfortable with and that he was used to. So even though the whole Keisha Tommy love affair kind of took me by surprise when it first happened, in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense because he's attracted to women like Keisha. That's what he grew up around. So it makes perfect sense that she would be the one that he and- would end up with. But I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say too to add on to that. Um, I, I don't even know what I need to start calling my Kemp, my Kemp talk something, but I don't know what to call it. Courtney Kemp. I need to start finding something to call it. But anyway, she was pointing out the fact that if he would have chose Holly, he might have could have walked away, you know, with like a fan, with like a marriage, a baby. But the fact that he when he chose Keisha, that wasn't an option. I just thought that was interesting because I was like you, I was agreeing with you. Like I think Keisha was more the kind of girl he would have went after. So I was like, why was that so like? You know, I guess because she was good or whatever, but I was just like, and because Holly was, you know, like used to his business, was into the crime and, you know, into the crime and stuff, that would have been a better match for him. I don't know. That kind of messed with me because I was like, well, if even though Keisha, we know she wasn't totally built for the life, but she would have been a girl he would have went for. I mean, you know, why? I don't know. That one kind of got me a little bit. uh, Courtney Kemp is the writer for the show and she's the creator, but ultimately the person that molded the character of Tommy was Joseph Sakura. So they might have differing opinions on this. Right, right, um, He's right. obviously going to have his own character motivations. And according to him, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, Keisha was more his speed. Um, even though Holly was like a whole criminal. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, I, and just seeing it play yeah, out, yeah. I agree with that. You know, because I don't get why. That's why I always thought they, I always thought they would have been the end game to happen until you see these things unfold. Because it was just so many missteps by her. And we know what happens when you have like a whole bunch of missteps and what episode. Yeah, I on think power. Holly obviously would have crashed and burned too because Holly was wild. Like she. I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought she was too off the rails. I feel like you can't have no, two of them people under the same room. And then she was doing dumb things that was going to get him caught up, stealing from Tasha. Like she was doing stuff that 
you just don't do. And she was vindictive. Like she would have snitched on him. Like if he mm-hmm. didn't do what she wanted, she probably would have gone yeah. to the feds herself. Whereas Keisha, she's not confessing because she wants to get back at Tommy. She, you know, she's folding because she's scared. So they're both, in my opinion, um, they would have been good partners for him. I just think Keisha would have been a better fit had he not been a whole drug yeah. lord. I think, you know what I'm saying? I think they would have, I think they been cute. <laughs> you know minus the drug lord part this was yeah, a very good romance together but i don't think tommy could have been anything but what he is so uh, you know unfortunately for keisha that yeah. kind of ended up biting her <laughs> in the ass um so mm, yeah mm, so mm, mm. tasha pops up on her because she, she at this point she knows that uh, Keisha cooperated and now she's fearful that keisha will implicate Tariq and rayway's murder and you know, Keisha's all, I mean, Tasha's all about saving her son. So she's, she's like at the door. She's like, let me in. I see your car outside. So Keisha's like, what do you want, Tasha? Like, I'm kind of busy. And and Keisha looks around. Tasha looks around. She sees these suitcases. She sees like Keisha's Frank day. And she's just like, what are you doing? Where are you about to go? She's like, look, I signed the papers and, and, and you know, I, I was never going to snitch. I, I just, I need to get out of here. I just want to run. I want to get my son. I want to get out of here. And Tasha's like, no, you signed paperwork. You was going to snitch. She's like, I promise. Like, she's like, Tasha, girl, I always held you down. I've never snitched on you. I've never turned against you. Please just let me go. Let me just get my son and go. Tasha's like, nah, I'm not letting you go. We're going to stay right here until Tommy comes back. Now, you know, Tommy let this slide. Yeah. But, it, you know, as far as her talking to the police. But if he saw in black and white that Keisha signed cooperation papers, oh, that would be her head. There's nothing Keisha could say or do. Oh, yeah. I'm low-key mad that she left that papers out, too. I don't know if she was, I don't know if she planned that she was going to be far away. So she just wanted it to be there. But I'm just mad they were like out in the open. I mean, it was just, it was just like, we're going to leave this evidence just sitting out here. What if Tommy walked in before, you know. Right. I was like, what if it wasn't Tasha that was Tommy that walked in? It was just convenient place to place paperwork. So there's this paperwork, you know, there's these suitcases, like everything that could possibly lead to her being a snitch. It's there. Even though we know as an audience, she probably would never have snitched. She probably really thought in her silly little head that she could just run away. Um, and I think she probably still had that check from Ghost. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, might, it may have worked out. Who knows? But because she already signed the paperwork, she was now an official witness of the, of the, of the feds. And now she's fleeing from them. They wouldn't have let her go. <laughs> they would have found her. She's not that smart yeah. to evade yeah. you know, the federal government. Um, so because Tasha won't let her go, Keisha gets desperate and she reaches into her purse. And Tasha's like, what you about to do with that, Keith? Gosh, I, I just hate it so bad when she looked at that bag. I was like, why would you do that? I, I low-key, like, okay, we don't want Tommy to show up, obviously. But I low-key don't know what she, she was, was thinking desperate. at all. Like, she got lucky when she had her first, for she had her first she body count. I'm just she saying. She didn't want Tommy to catch her. She didn't want the feds to find her. She wanted out of the house. She knew she had a gun. I mean, Tasha's like five foot two. How hard could it be? So she grabs the gun. Yeah. Tasha is built for this life. So she grabs it. They struggle for it. They have like a whole like enough. I mean, not enough. Uh, obsession fight. You ever see the movie with Beyonce? Um, they have. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a good, good fight. fight. They started, you know, knocking each other out. 
So they yeah, like so they're, they're, I mean, they're no, on I'm the floor. Um, they're knocking each other out. You know, they're knocking each other <laughs> over. Keisha's grabbing the gun. Tasha's grabbing the gun. Someone falls. Someone slips. They get it, like it's just a whole battle. So at some point in this whole fight, they both get a hold of the gun. They struggle for it, and every mm-hmm. movie cliche, the gun goes off, and. And you don't know, you who, don't it know who it is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it turns out it's Keisha. So at this point, she's shot in the abdomen. She might survive this. You know what I'm saying? She gets to a hospital. She may be okay. But unfortunately, we're dealing with Tasha St. Patrick here. So Keisha's on the floor bleeding and she's begging. She's like, please, Tasha, no, don't do this. What about cash? You really think she cares about that? I mean, she does, but her son... Her son, Tariq, comes first. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry. And she takes that gun and she shoots. She shoots Mm. her best friend. What got me was the little weight. It was like a little weight, you know, before she she pulled it. That's what really got me. She had to. So she shoots her best friend in the head. That was well played. Well played, directors. Because they had me there for a minute. Well, she shoots her best friend in the head. Boom. Blood everywhere. (laughs) What? Angelica. Can you can we no. get her like what a half a point? I'm just saying. For? She messed up this whole situation. All she had to do was tell Blanca lawyer, and she should have gone back to Tommy. I don't feel bad for the girl. She didn't play the game right. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I was convinced that when we ever got to this episode, you were gonna give no. her like a little half a point or something. But I, I like I like how you said how you said your path. God, if, any, your path. if there's any kingpins out there, just know I would never pull. I would never make this mistake. So if you want to wife me up, holla. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> don't have your own real life power out there. Huh? Bags. Um, but yeah, she just was not built for this life, and I knew she was gonna die. Oh, I'm gonna pour it out for Keisha. Then I'll, I'll pour, pour out. I'm pouring out for Keisha. You know, some some high C, some orange juice, some apple juice for the girl. I'm not. I'm not, not wasting. Oh, okay. I'm not, not wasting the apple juice. All I'm not right. wasting good liquor okay. on her. She should have known better. So, wow. Capri Sun. Okay, Capri. Sun I'm just saying. Girl. Wow. Okay. All right. We, we're done. We're done. Go back to the orange juice. No, you First didn't just talk about some Capri Sun. Don't sleep on Capri Sun. That is a delicious drink. No, but I'm just saying now. Come on. You go from orange juice. So we go orange juice, apple juice, Capri Sun. Look, I'm just, come on now. You got to give Keisha well, something. You give her something. Like if you think about it, if you ever open up uh, a thing of Capri Sun for your kid, you always take the first sip and then you give your kid the rest. So I'm pouring out some Capri Sun for, for Keisha. She a mom. Um. So yeah. So Keisha's Keisha's dead. <laughs> um. Tasha. Tasha. Keisha's yep. out. Keisha's out. Uh, Tasha flees the scene. She takes the paperwork as well. She leaves. Um. Shortly thereafter, Tommy pulls up, and mm-hmm. oh, poor Tommy. He is so excited. He got this nice ring. He got. And Cash too. Imagine what's gonna happen. He'll like oh, his, his dad's daddy, already though, in prison. So he he good actually. So so he he'll be all right. But yeah. oh, is he? Oh, okay. I, but, I need pictures. Okay. Um, he has these red f- roses. They're all excited. He got cashing on it. They're gonna propose. It's a beautiful moment, and you're so mm. excited mm-hmm. for Tommy. But you know, you know that when he opens that door, it's not gonna be good. And um, so he gets out the car, yeah. he has cash with them. They're like rehearsing what they're going to say. But for whatever reason, Tommy realizes that something is amiss. 
Um, and so he tells Cash to go back in the car. And he kind of prepares himself. It's almost like he knew something was wrong. He prepares himself. He goes in the house and he discovers Keisha's body. And he drops to his knees. He drops his ring. And he's like just completely and utterly broken. Like at no point has Tommy ever loved anyone the way he loved Keisha. I mean, it took him a second to kind of get there. But after, you know, the incident, the, yeah. night, the, early, the day or not, not the, the day before, but that day when she said that she was still going to stick by his side, despite the fact that he killed Holly. You could just see he is broken that this woman has been taken from him. Like, he has nothing. You know, he's not fooling with Ghost. He's not fooling with Tasha. Keisha was all he had left. And she's gone. And I I felt bad for Tommy. Like, I didn't feel bad that Keisha died because I don't like her as a character. (laughs) But I felt bad for Tommy for knowing that (laughs) he really finally found love. And it was ripped away from him. So... I also feel bad for the fact that when they figure out it was Tasha, I, I feel like I'm still personally going to somewhere um, feel bad about that. Cause I, I know it's coming. Like, I mean, I know she did stuff to lead up to that. And like we were saying, you know, she was never like that character you need to put on a plate of still that was perfect and everything. But I'm just saying, I'm still going to feel bad when I find out that they're going to, you know, everybody's going to know what really she did. I feel bad for Tasha at this point. Cause she's kind of lost me as, as a fan. Um, Oh yeah, I'm not Team Tasha anymore. I'm not saying I'm Team Tasha. I'm saying when I figure out when, because you oh, know when Tommy finds out, I, right? Like there's not gonna be like a well, let me let you stand trial or something. So I just, I just feel bad for that moment, and then the fact that there's still a little kid. So like I forgot what the daughter's yes. name is because because we never see her. Yes, you know, like she's still like standing like over to the side, innocent. Her parents is doing whatever they want to do. So, you know, there's still that factor, but I'm just like, you know, and her mom, but I don't know. I just feel like they're so, they're so tied to like when they take her, when she gets taken out. Um, Tariq will be fine without Tasha. Yaz will be fine without Tasha. Yaz can go with Big Mama. Uh, I really don't feel bad at this point. Both of them can go. (laughs) Like, that's where I'm at it. Um, oh okay all right all right well we we see we see you yeah, you got your so body count list we see it. i'm sure and it's gonna come out that she killed her um and it's not gonna be good oh yeah she ain't, she oh, ain't hiding, hiding it. it i'm just wondering she's like what the matter of time she is oh well she's not hiding it i don't think she's gonna be clever she enough to hide it from them like right now she she's good hide. right now she's good because i haven't seen anything yeah, i haven't seen the other she, episodes yet Oh, you might I know something know I don't know. I haven't seen find it yet. Out, and Tasha doesn't want them to find out. I don't think any way, shape, or form does Tasha want Tommy to find out that that, that she killed Jesus. No. Oh, yeah. I, I would try to be that's in a couple different me, states, but, but that's just me. Tasha, Tasha <laughs> might think she's smarter than that. But, yeah. So, yeah. It was, uh, you know, R.I.P. to, to Tasha. Hmm. People yeah, were posting, like, obituaries. I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to that funeral. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. We all know I'm not a fan, I, but I can also see Tasha showing up yeah. at the funeral just like Tommy yeah. did for but Angela. You know what? This is what Tommy gets, honestly, because he took out Angela. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I the moment I like the way they played the moments, like you said, mm-hmm. they were bringing back his humanity in this episode, but I also wasn't like I was sitting there like, oh man, he could have had this whole thing because Tommy, right. you know, Tommy. Tommy got his stuff with him. You know, it, he's always gonna have that. Like, I just feel like if you dating Tommy, you need to be looking over your shoulder. Like, you need to be ready for that life. Like, you, you know, you obviously point, pointed out, like, you know, Keisha wasn't ready. 
But so whatever you dating him, you need to be about that life. Hundred percent. Look over your shoulder, you know, during that throughout the day, because yeah, that's just who you rolling but, with. It is what it is. We'll definitely see next episode um, how the aftermath of Keisha's oh, stuff yeah. and how it worked out with Tommy and how Tommy feels and what he's going to do, which I'm sure is going to be canceling Christmas on, on anyone he can think of that is related to Keisha's death. Um, so yeah, look yeah. forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, any other final thoughts? Um, I just hope Blanca doesn't go down a weird path. I I would like to keep her as she is, but I know this show, so I'm a little nervous. Yep, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So however, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so we'll we'll see yeah. we'll see what happens next week. Um, but in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, suggestions, thoughts, whatever you feel, funny memes because I always love me a good meme. Oh yeah, um, get ahead of memes. <laughs> get us get out. Are us you at- pouring out Capri Sun apple juice? Let us know. Let us know. So get at us at blackgirlnerds.com, at Melon and Mommy, and at November Bear. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.